This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Well, I saw an interview with Ted Kennedy uh, yesterday on Yahoo. Uh, And I know you're thinking, wait a minute, Ted Kennedy is dead. Is he? Is he? Ted Kennedy versus Ronald Reagan. Right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck program. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Because we are one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Because we are one. <laughs> Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about being intellectually honest and having intellectual integrity. That is a hard thing to do, to, um, especially in a world that does not accept nuance. You have to be a bomb thrower in today's world. You cannot, you cannot expect anyone to understand nuance. But I'm sorry, we have to talk about nuance. And what that nuance is uh, means this is where this is this is the nuance. Think of this. This how this how far down the road we are. Here's the nuance. Take off your freaking team jersey shirt. Take off the jersey. Take it off. You're not on a team. You have to have intellectual honesty and integrity. Take off the team jersey. Because if you've listened to me, you've heard me say a million times, you're not going to recognize the world. Now, Pat, if I said to you, I said that, and people were like, okay, I won't recognize my country. I get it. I get it. Did you really get it when I said that 10 years ago? No. 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 I didn't even get it 10 years ago. I didn't even. I said everything that you think is solid will be liquid and vice versa. That's pretty intense, but I didn't even think it would come as far as it has come in the last eight years, where you just can't believe what's happening. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, I saw something that is even further down this road. The right has become Ted Kennedy. And the left is starting to sound like Ronald Reagan. Yesterday, Dana Rohrbacher, who, 
is great on border. He is great on the border. He was the guy who really was... He's the, he's the one who fought so hard for Ramos and Campion. Right, he was the tip agents. of the spear. Mm-hmm. Nobody else got them out except Dana Rohrbacher, okay? He is great on certain things. Holy cow, I'm, I'm watching a, 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 a Yahoo interview yesterday with Dana Rohrbacher, who is being considered to be the Secretary of State, and all of a sudden it becomes very clear on why he's... All of a sudden, this, you know, congressman is being considered for the secretary of state role. Listen to Ted Kennedy, a.k.a. Dana Rohrbacher. Well, well, let's call a spade a spade. You talk about human rights abusers in China. Much can be said about Russia as well. Oh, baloney. Where do you come from? I come from the former Soviet Union. That's where I came from. I came here as a political refugee. Okay. okay. (laughs) That is such an awesome moment. Okay, so for her. her. Not for him. Not for him. Right. So she's saying, they're talking about Russia. Can you, can you, you know, you're talking about how bad China is. And, but, but Russia, a lot can be said for the human rights abuses in Russia. He immediately goes to, what are your qualifications? Oh, where are you from? Um, the former Soviet Union, <laughs> my parents were political refugees. They escaped the Soviet Union when she was a toddler and came to the United States. So they didn't come for the success or the money or the fame or just because. They came for the freedom. Listen. Okay, that, that's where from, I came from. What, what, what country did you say? You I came come from? from the former Soviet Union, from Moldova. Oh, well, that's good. And then, you, then the audience knows you're biased. I'm biased. Because- of- Stop! Wow. Oh, my gosh. Ted Kennedy is alive. <laughs> so now we know your bias. If anything, that would make her biased against communism, right? Like yes. it would be against. Yeah. Uh, for freedom. Yes. Right. Biased for freedom. <laughs> How many times have we talked to people who lived in the former Soviet Union? And they're all scared out of their minds. Yeah, I mean, their attitude is, is always so refreshing in yes. this country because they, because they, they, they actually they see, see the downsides. Right. They're the ones saying Fidel Castro is evil. Yeah. And it is always the Michael Moore like, oh, you're from Cuba. Okay, I know you're biased. Uh, this is our side saying that now. I'm an American citizen who was born in a foreign no, country. Yeah, yeah. When you start saying that Russia should be, is has to, you're trying. Do you know that there have been no political reforms in China? None. I'm not. Say, I'm not advocating that China be our best friend. I'm talking no, to you about you Russia said, right you now. You just said that Russia and China are the same. No, and I'm sorry. They. I said not. they're both human you rights abusers. How am I wrong? Oh, how are you wrong? In China, they don't have an opposition. Russia party. isn't they accused have, of murdering journalists. Uh, okay. Look. You can. I let the public decide for that last comment where you're coming from. Stop. And I've decided. I have decided. She's accurate. Dana Rohrbacher is off Vladimir rails. I mean, Vladimir Putin kills kills members of the press, kills anyone who stands opposed to them, destroys companies, and destroys the CEOs of companies and then takes them over. If some CEO stands against Vladimir Putin, he first runs them through the mud. Then they either escape because he never forgets 
and he ends up killing them overseas, or he puts them in jail, and then the state, under his watch, takes the company over. If you oppose him as a journalist, he kills you. Dana Rohrbach, the possible next Secretary of State, is defending Vladimir Putin and Russia and their human rights abuses. All of a sudden, it's Republicans who are now saying, uh, by the way, the 80s called and they want their their policy policy back. back. Yeah, there's a story in Politico from just a couple weeks ago. uh, Putin's favorite congressman, which is Dana Rohrabacher, Again, I, I, you know, I, I, I oh, see sure. why this this yeah. congressman who we have liked on several things and is good on several never things. been a big high profile guy. No. per se. Uh, he's, uh, he's why know. did this unknown congressman all of a sudden? Well, Putin's favorite congressman now all of a sudden pulled out from nowhere to become the secretary of state. It was an odd choice. It was an uh, it's an odd call. It makes total sense now. If you don't think Russia is involved, you're out of your mind. Listen to it. By the way, it goes on. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is, what's good for America is to prioritize, as I did when I worked with Ronald Reagan. I wrote most of his speeches. And what would Ronald Reagan think about your thoughts about Vladimir Putin? Maybe you forgot that Ronald Reagan was the one who reached out to Gorbachev for the. Are you comparing Gorbachev to Vladimir Putin? Absolutely, I am. You are. Fact is, yeah. Do you know why? Why? Because they're both leaders of of a very powerful country that we need to be friends with if we're going to have peace in the world. He called them an evil empire. Yeah, he called them an evil empire. <laughs> he didn't say that they were great. He called them an evil empire. Oh, wow. He knew what evil was. Wow. He knew what evil was. You could say, you know, Vladimir Putin is a change maker, because that's what he said about Gorbachev. Gorbachev is the leader of this, and Mr. Gorbachev, I know who you are. Tear down this wall. That's what he was saying. He was strengthening him as a person while calling out the evil and not assigning that evil to the person. It gave him a place to go. They're saying Putin is good and Russia is good. No, it's not. No, it's not. The people are good and the people are oppressed under an oligarch. But I mean, this fits the the profile of the administration, right? And and I mean, it, I mean that in a like. It, it makes sense to make a pick like this. Here's a guy who's known for two major things, which is being good and on tough the on the border and uh, maybe not taking Russia all that uh, seriously as a threat. It would make sense. This makes sense. For the profile of the administration. I, I, you know, I don't agree with him on the Russia part, but again, like if you're Trump, don't you want someone who's going to execute your vision? Yes. And yes. we keep talking about Mitt Romney, which makes no sense no at sense. all. If you, Which the only reason why I was for Mitt Romney is because, to me, it would have proven that the link to Russia was not real. Because Mitt Romney knows exactly who Russia is and would not screw around with Russia. Mm-hmm. Would not screw around with Russia. He would deal with Russia, but he would deal from a position of strength with Russia. He would not get into bed with Russia. Rohrbacher is. Rohrbacher's already in bed with Russia. And when you look, I'm sorry, but if this is, if this is what 
the conservative movement is about. Ronald Reagan is dead. His spirit is dead. His his legacy is dead in the Republican Party. If the Republican Party says, I looked into Pooty Poot's eyes, we all used to make fun of George Bush for that. We all knew that Putin yeah, was, Putin was evil. evil. If we're going to get to in bed with another brutal dictator who is playing three or four or seven dimensional chess against us, we're, I, I want nothing to do. I, there, I, I am a libertarian. There's no way. I don't know what. I'm not a libertarian because the libertarians even piss me off. I I don't know what I am because I don't know what it means to be a Christian anymore. I don't know what it means to be conservative anymore. I don't know what it means to be a Republican. I don't with Gary Johnson and John John Well or what's his name? Bill Bill Weld. I don't know what it means to be a libertarian I, 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 I don't know. Well, I'll give you another example of this, how far we've come. Um, you mentioned yesterday the story, and everyone, every, every Republican, every conservative quotes this story from right after Barack Obama gets elected. We get the story from Newsweek. We're all socialists now. Yes. And our reaction to that is, this is infuriating. We're not, not all socialists. First of all, you know, yeah, he won 54 percent, but there's a huge amount of people who voted against him. And I'm not a socialist. Forget it. We, we were angry about it. And the, so... I went back and I decided to forget not only, only about the headline, go back and actually read the story for a second. It is the most unbelievable. It's as if the author had a time machine and went into the future before he wrote the article. They go into talking about the topic is the $1 trillion stimulus program. Oh, the 787. Sorry, 787. They, they classify that as the nearly $1 trillion stimulus right. plan. And they're talking, they recognize in the article, uh, as opposed to the headline, not everyone is a socialist. There's still people pushing back really hard. And they decide to go for an example in Congress to try to find somebody of that. Who's it, pu- pushing back? Pushing back. It, they classify, they're looking for the vociferous foe of President Obama's nearly $1 trillion stimulus. Now, again, we talked about with Rohrabacher. Why are you plucking this one random guy out of Congress? You know, Why? They pick one random guy, and the reason they pick this random guy is because he's the conservative guy. He's the guy that won't bend on these things. A stimulus program? He's a nut job, crazy conservative that won't even consider Barack Obama's stimulus plan. The name, Indiana Congressman Mike Pence. That is the guy they used as the example of the crazy conservative who would never go along with a nearly $1 trillion stimulus plan, which brings up the idea that maybe his problem with it was it wasn't actually $1 trillion. Maybe it was a little too tiny. Can you say, can you read the quote? Uh, I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, uh, he was on an interview with Fox News Channel, uh, end of the segment, coming with Indiana Congressman Mike Pence, the chair of the House Republican Conference, and a vociferous foe of President Obama's nearly $1 trillion stimulus program. The article in the interview goes on to call it socialism, uh, bashing all the pieces of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, as they typically do with these things, they find the, you know, they have $50 million on turtle time or whatever the example is. Read the quotes. Just read it. (laughs) Just read it. My eyes are, you know, sometimes your eyes get blurry. 
People should just Google it and they can read it for themselves. But like you know, sometimes vision. There's look, everyone has get some eye drops in here for you. I'm getting old, man. There seems to be a reason I should Google this. What? Just read the damn thing. Read the read the quotes. Read the first paragraph. Read the quotes. I just don't know why that's necessary. Is it still blurry? God, I'm going to take a break before I lose my mind. Oh, it's Um, it's time for break. You're right. Yeah, it yeah, is wow. time for a break. Wow, look, Natasha's over there really upset. Gosh, hey, look at she's this. Uh, this is got this time is... to break. But I mean, you come want on, the truth, America. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want the truth. Um, and now this. It's the uh, end of another day. The kids are asleep. You checked your email one last night. Crawl into the most comfortable bed you've ever slept on. Get a Casper mattress. Casper mattress. I love it. I think you will too. You can decide after trying it for a hundred nights. Casper was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with all the support that you need. Time magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Your Casper mattress ships free. Try one in your home for 100 nights risk-free, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund everything. Go to Casper.com. Use the promo code BECK at $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Casper.com. Offer code BECK. $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com. Offer code BECK. Glenn Beck. Want to see Glenn live? If you're coming to Texas, you can. Join us at Mercury Studios in Dallas for a taping of Glenn's television show. To reserve your seat, email tickets at glennbeck.com with your information. That's tickets at glennbeck.com. Mercury. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep, casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. Let me go to Ben in Missouri. Hello, Ben. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, what's going on, Glenn? Love your show. I'll make it quick. All right. You, uh, you're wrong. And I hate to tell you this, but you are. And this is what you're missing. All right. You were right when you said that we are in America 2.0. We are. We are part of the global progressive movement. That's where these progressives have have actually led us towards. Now, Trump is a nationalist, and also is Putin. Putin and Trump are both nationalists. So Uh you're right when you say that there are teams. 
There's a global team and there's a nationalist team. So what, what are we wrong about? What are we wrong about here, Ben? Because I agree uh, with everything you just said. All right. Well, what you're wrong on is you're, you're looking at it too small. When well, you look at I, Trump, you have to look at a, lar- a larger global picture. Yes, I, I do. I, I look at this here, Ben, what, here's what I look at it, that we are fighting World War II all over again, except we're not America this time. Um, right. There is, there is, and what Putin is doing, and I won't even bring it, you'll, you can draw your own conclusions. What Putin is, is he is a nationalist. He is a nationalist oligarch, or you could call him a national socialist. He believes in a giant government that has the safety nets and has everything, but he is a nationalist. Yeah. Um, he is a neo-Eurasian, if you actually want to um, uh, be technical on it, uh, because All he right. believes that national socialism doesn't work because it was discredited by Hitler. But what now. happened was, what happened before, Ben, was we had international communism going against national socialism. We are in exactly yes. the same fight, and no, no, you're no. trying to... T- no, we're not. You're looking at Trump wrong. <laughs> Right. It's not going to do with Trump, doesn't it? I mean, we're talking about, first of all, we're talking about Rohrbacher. It doesn't even a Trump topic. Let him talk. Listen and you'll learn. Okay, I'm listening to Ben from Missouri. Trump is exactly what we need, and I'll explain why. Yes, please teach us. Trump is a nationalist, but Uh he is a nationalist that's going to slowly take us away from the progressive. Place we well, you would have now. to be. You would have, have to, to be, be not a progressive. You have to not to be a progressive. You'd have to say, say things like, so. "If I'm going to slowly reverse things, you might do a 500 billion dollar stimulus package, not a bigger stimulus package at a trillion dollars than the progressives did the last administration." But thanks for teaching me, Ben. I appreciate it. <laughs> Paul is next. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. program got to start over again and uh i'm gonna move on no i, I can't uh, move on i'm too pissed off at that last call from ben that is i i mean i i'm so tired of hearing this nationalist or internationalist or globalist, globalist or anti-globalist none of that matters are they constitutionalists the constitution is what nobody's paying any attention to the constitution is where you find out you can't spend a tri- trillion dollars on a stimulus plan yeah but you could spend 787 or 787 well you could spend you or could spend dollar 50 you can't do that the constitution is where you find out you don't just uh replace obamacare with some other socialist program it's not in the constitution the constitution is where you go to to find out that we we don't spend trillions of dollars on the environment on the, on the, the climate trying to change the freaking climate on this planet that has been in existence for four and a half billion years 
Did that please liberals? Four and a half billion years. I didn't say 7,000. And the Constitution (laughs) is where you find out that we don't do any of those things. And nobody's paying attention to the Constitution. That's what's going to save this country. That's what stops globalism. And that is all of that. All that nationalism is, is protectionism. The thing that will protect America is the Constitution of the United States. Not a man. It's not any the, other idea. The principles of trade, of free trade, of, of free market, of all of these concepts that made America great in the first place. I'm, I'm so tired of this geopolitical bullcrap. Who cares if, if they're nationalist or if they're uh, internationalist? Pay attention to the Constitution. Because that's your guideline. The Constitution stops globalists in its tracks. Does. At the same time. By its very nature. It stops progressivism in its tracks. Why do you think they don't want to ever pass a, a constitutional amendment? Why do you think they want direct democracy? Because they cannot get around the Constitution of the United States. Why do you think they want judges that are not strict constitutionalists? Because it stops progressivism and globalism in its tracks. That's why they've you gone by case law for a hundred years. Case law, so that they can refer to some other crappy decision they made 20 years ago, and they don't have to refer to the U.S. Constitution that was written 230 years ago. It, it, it stops all of that madness, and all anybody wants to talk, well, but they were doing a nationalist, a, a socialist, we're doing a, a na- international globalist, anti-globalist, nationalist. Thing. No! Constitution. The Constitution is the only thing that matters. The Constitution, and quite honestly, God. Yes. And the Constitution. Right. Are the only things you need. And if you eliminate the God part of that, then the Constitution is not adequate well, if, to, to govern the people. If you eliminate the God part of it and you do what progressives have done and eliminate the Declaration of Independence as well, you're done. Yeah. You're done. You cannot separate God, the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence. You should, you should do that. Uh, you know, top of the hour. Do we have a guest on the top of the hour? Give me a chalkboard, because <laughs> I am going to write out the cons. I'm going to teach you really something good. about the Constitution really that you don't know that everybody needs to understand. I'm not sure it'll be as as brilliant a lesson as Ben taught us about, no. about nationalists and globalists and all of that stuff. I, can't, can I, <laughs> I really don't feel. I feel. You know, everybody mocks me for. I mean, um, I was with Nightline. By the way, Nightline tonight. On ABC, they're doing a uh, segment or so on me, um, and they came down, and, you know, we'll see how it was edited. Oh, yeah, do you know how long it's going to be? Is no, it? I don't. Okay. Ten minutes, maybe. I don't know. It's a half-hour show, so. Um, the, um, uh, they spent 12 or 13 hours with me, spent all day with me. Um, and we were driving home, and I doubt any of this is going to be in, but it was uh, Byron, the anchor, the co-anchor of Nightline, was down, and we were driving, and I was driving in one of my old trucks. And um, he said, how old is this car, this truck? And I said, I don't know, 1972 maybe? And he said, 
what is it with you and the connection to all? He said, everything you have is old. Everything, everything around you is old or looks old, and you have this old spirit. Jeffy, first of all, I mean, that's a good example. Yeah, I know. I keep an antique like Jeffy around mm-hmm. me. Um, here's, here's, here's really what it is. I, I, just, I just realized it just now. I don't feel like I feel it fit in these times anymore. I really don't feel like I fit in these times. That, those were one of the last words of Calvin Coolidge. I do not believe I fit in these days. I, I, maybe I'm a throwback. Maybe I'm a, a, a relic. Or maybe I'm ahead of my time. I'm not sure which it is, but I don't fit right now. And I'm happy for that. I am happy for that. Can I give you another throwback to the old days? Because uh, you mentioned the Constitution. You mentioned uh, faith, mm-hmm. uh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are, these are old-timey concepts, dusty old documents. Uh, I need two chalkboards <laughs> before he pisses me off anymore. Oh, no, this is, this is just something I think that we all have to think about as we go through this change. And I think Ben brings up a really good point when we talk about globalism versus nationalism. Uh, you know, while I prioritize... Um, the United States, because I'm, I'm an American. And I don't know, does that make you a nationalist? I don't think so. Prioritizing your own country is what, your own, what you're supposed to do in your own it's country. Prioritizing your interest. It's human. We seem to be crossing a line, however, here. The, my entire life, one of the things I've loved about the Constitution and capitalism in particular is the fact that these concepts that we talk about are not just good for America. We've for ripped through mm-hmm. two to three Billion people out of poverty with these concepts. We've done more in the last 200 years for the earth than has ever been done by anyone because of the beliefs that we have that are tied directly to and flow from the Constitution. These are not localized concepts. They're concepts that free people and save billions of lives. And when you go back and you think about what is your moral responsibility as a human being, forget the political parts of this, your moral responsibility for a human being. I've always seen that as growing right out of the Constitution. And obviously there's an old an older book uh, that is even dustier that we ignore even more that these concepts grow out of. And when you're talking about saving people and giving them the chance to live their lives in a free way. We seem to be forgetting that these concepts do that, and we seem to be crossing a line as better for us and good the rest of the world suffers. Good. Who cares what happens to them? Yes, I prioritize my country. Yes, absolutely. And there is that national. There's nothing wrong with that because you have to take care of yourself first. You have to, to be able to help help others. others. But this is not to make enemies out of these other countries. We want to help other people. We want people to survive and to eat. But it is not the government's place constitutionally to help other countries. Absolutely. We do it. It's why we are so charitable. That didn't just pop up. We're not unique. We're not born unique. We grew up in a unique system with a unique constitution. The first time in human history, these concepts that you are equal to the baby next to you in the bassinet in the hospital or on the kitchen table being born in the house down in the next farm. You're exactly the same. 
You have the same rights. You have the same powers. You don't have the same ability or outcome, but you have the same rights to try. You also have the same responsibility to help, to help heal the earth, not uh, divide the earth, to help heal the people, not divide the people. You have that responsibility. The government doesn't. The government is set up to protect your right, to protect what you want to protect and do and and pursue. You don't have the right to shove anything down anybody else's throats. But the problem is we've we've the 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 two dusty documents that Stu talked about, one being the Bible, the other constitution. Oh, it works so hard. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise. Uh, progressives have worked so hard for over the last hundred plus years to separate them on and they both can't sides. On both sides. Separated on both progressives sides. on both sides. Yeah, I'm not Read saying the book liars and Republicans. Progressives have worked so hard and they've successfully separated them to the point where we believe it's part of our principle to have them completely separate. Do you remember what I said? We are repeating the election of Woodrow Wilson. We're repeating the election of Woodrow Wilson. What was that election? One of the parties was Theodore Roosevelt, a nationalist, a guy who believed deeply in the United States of America, is as red, white, and blue, and conservatives love him because he was a nationalist who didn't believe in hyphenated Americans. He believed in borders. He believed in all those things. That was a discussion on talk radio at the time. Yep. You're what you're missing about Teddy is. (laughs) Right. He's a nationalist. Right. Woodrow's an internationalist. He's a globalist. That was happening on radio. But anyway, um, so... The other hadn't been invented yet, was Bob. an internationalist right, and a progressive that took America's breath away. And the guy and so, in between, Taft, was just discounted. Just discounted. Just bubba. And because Taft was in it, the international uh, socialist or progressive, they changed it from socialist to progressive. Mm-hmm. They did that intentionally. They, it was a... National Socialist under Teddy Roosevelt, the the word progressive is just, all it means, all it means is socialism or communism without the revolution. Now, it may not mean that now, but that's what it meant then. We don't want bloody revolution on the streets. Just patient communists. We will make make progressive little steps. So the progressive on the right, Teddy Roosevelt who believed in big government and is the guy who started it all. And borders? Read some of his quotes on borders. Oh, my gosh. Love his stuff on the internet. All right. Then he was the nationalist. And Woodrow Wilson was the internationalist. We're going to meddle in everybody's business through an international organization. Teddy Roosevelt was, I'm going to meddle in everybody's business through the United States of America. Neither of them were constitutionalists. And it's the same argument we're having now. We are arguing between Roosevelt and Wilson. That's who your, that's who your sides are. Exactly where do we you were. want Roosevelt or do you want Wilson? And if I hear another person say to me that they are a true conservative 
that they are a true constitutionalist and they are rooting for Theodore Roosevelt, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'll school you because you don't know the history of your own country. I am not a 20th century or 21st century progressive. Conservatives have become it. I won't have anything to do with it. Back in a second. Let's, we'll learn about the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, things that you've never heard before, I think, coming up in a second. I almost guarantee you that. Blinds.com. Having friends and family over for the holidays? Replace your broken, worn-out blinds at blinds.com. Reduce, um, uh, uh, redecorate the entire house. That's what it's going to look like. You just change the window treatments, and it totally changes the room. Right now, they're having one of the biggest sales of the year, up to 25% off site-wide, plus a $50 Home Depot e-gift card on qualifying purchases. Blinds.com. Wow, I kind of used that because I could have went and bought the hammer and the screwdriver and the measuring tape and everything with that. Anyway, 25% off site-wide at Blinds.com plus $50 Home Depot e-card gift certificate for the qualifying purchases. Blinds.com makes it easy. And for a limited time, save the 25% off site-wide when you go to Blinds.com and use the promo code BECK. It's $50 Home Depot e-gift card and qualifying orders while supplies last and 25% off site-wide. It's Blinds.com. Shades, curtains, shutters, drapes. Blinds.com. Promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Glenn's on a tirade right now. <laughs> I am feverish. Curious. I am at the chalkboard and I am <laughs> Oh, we're going to get a lesson next hour. Oh, we're going to get one. All right. And I've heard this lesson. It's it's That's really good. It's, that, it's a it's a tie-in between the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And it is something you most people don't know and it is fantastic. Now you you found a stat you were just talking about how we've, you know, how the United States Constitution is responsible for helping pull billions of people out of poverty. Uh, And you found a a statistic from just the recent past. Right. I mean, because people are using globalism as if it's the new N-word. It's changing meanings. It used to be that you were, you know, there's a certainly amount of people who don't care about their own country, don't care about a borderless world. But if you prioritize your country and still care and want those principles to help others, the, the constitutional principles we talk about all the time to help others, that's not a globalist. Mm. All of a sudden, it's, it's some sort of pejorative thing. Think about this. Since 1970, so less than half a century, since 1970, the percentage of world's population living in starvation levels has declined by 
80 percent. Yeah, but but only 80 percent. That is. If we didn't have America in the way, it would have been more like 150 <laughs> percent. If we didn't have America in the way, all those people would have died a lot. Yeah, if we could have just had more socialism, <laughs> we could have we could have changed because the world was on the road to, mm, to right. eliminating poverty. You know, in in the 1700s. Mm. <laughs> weren't they, though? Yeah. yeah, and they were in 1930 as well. 1930, look how well all of those socialist, communist, progressive countries have done. Is oh, great. I mean, look, at, look at how many people have been pulled out of poverty by France. America, and welcome to the program. We have a chalkboard lesson um, that I, I want to give because it's every American needs needs to know six eternal truths of self-governance, and I'm going to give those to you from the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about, we had a guy call us uh, a few minutes ago and he wanted to give me a a lesson on uh, the reason why the Republicans are great, Um, or I think he may have said Donald Trump, um, but we weren't talking about Donald Trump, we're talking about the left and right, let's get beyond people. Um, And he said because um, they are now nationalists. And the real problem is globalization and globalists. No, that's not the real problem. And there are a lot of people right now that are being convinced that the argument is between nationalism and internationalism or globalism. And you can look at it that way. Um, Two people that did look at it that way were Stalin and Hitler. He was a nationalist and Stalin was an internationalist. They both believed in giant government state control. One said, we're going to do this through the international community and we're going to lead the international community and anybody who gets in our way, we're going to kill. And Hitler and Mussolini thought, we're going to do this for the good of our own nation because our nation is so great and we'll just do that and it will spread to other nations and we'll bring it to those other nations, whether they like it or not. Um, <clears throat> nationalism and internationalism is not our problem. Our problem is socialism, communism, or progressivism. That is the idea that is um, in direct conflict with the other idea of the Constitution 
a lot of people who are progressives don't like the idea that, that, that they would be labeled along with socialists, not so much anymore, or communists. But socialism, if you know your history, was only called, I'm sorry, um, um, uh, progressivism was only labeled that because they didn't agree with the one thing of, uh, of, uh, of communists, and that is revolution. Socialism is the step between capitalism and communism, and it leads to it. And if you don't believe me, read the words of Lenin. Before he got into office and they had the bloody revolution, he knew people were afraid of communists. And so he is the man, Lenin, that coined the term democratic socialist. We're not communists. We're democratic socialist. The people will vote and they'll vote for socialism. And they did. And then they're free to say they're communists. Now, this is, again, all early 20th century, but you have to know the roots of it. And Theodore Roosevelt was a nationalist and a socialist, believed in big government progressivism. Woodrow Wilson was even more. And he was an internationalist, League of Nations, United Nations. I contend we are having the argument that Woodrow Wilson and Theodore Roosevelt were having a hundred years ago. Is the national socialist better or the international socialist better? The question has to be, is the Constitution the answer? Because the Constitution will stop you from doing all kinds of things, like meddling in people's lives, like telling them who they can and cannot marry or how they can and cannot run their business, unless it's dangerous. The Constitution stops the meddling in international affairs and stops globalism dead in its tracks. The Constitution is the reason we didn't have a set flag. We didn't, listen to me, we didn't have a set flag, I believe, until Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt. It may have even been Wilson. You could arrange the stars any way you want. Why? Because we weren't so damn jingoistic. We believed in the concept of the flag, and it meant more than the flag itself. And it was Wilson, I believe, that went in and said, no, we have to nationalize everything and federalize, and now here's exactly how you treat the flag. It was Wilson that gave us that, who gave us the the Star-Spangled Banner, FDR. We are defending these things as if they came from the founders when the founders themselves didn't establish a national anything. They respected everyone to rule themselves under the Constitution. Now, progressives will always say, well, the Declaration of Independence has nothing to do with the Constitution. You need to understand that the Declaration of of Independence has everything to do with the Constitution. Without the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution can be anything anyone wants. For instance, let me give you an example, because I know progressives hate the Declaration of Independence. 
They hate it. It has nothing to do with it. It is a, a something for that time and that time only. Why would they be against that? Why would they be against that? Because the Declaration of Independence is what freed the slaves, not the Constitution. The Constitution gave the ability to free the slaves. But it was the Declaration of Independence that did free the slaves. Because the argument was, uh, in, the own, in our own documents, it says, all men are created equal. That was the argument. So let me show you. I want you to think about the Constitution. Because everybody says, God's not in the Constitution. It's nowhere in the Constitution. Of course it's not. The Constitution is nothing more than an engine. You know our Constitution is the most reused Constitution in the world? Our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution has been used by more countries than any other document to establish governments in the history of the world. But wait a minute. All the countries are not like America. How come? Because the Constitution is the combustion engine. That's all it is. But I can make a truck using that engine, and I can use a, make a sports car using that in, engine. What do you want the engine to do? Do you want it to just run some belts, to run a turbine, to put some lights on? Do you want to use it for an aircraft? Do you want to use it for a race car? Do you want to use it for a crane to help build buildings? It is the framework. It is the principles, the framework that helps you do whatever it is you want to do. The Bill of Rights, that's something separate. The Bill of Rights is something entirely different from the Constitution. What rights are in the Constitution? Well, actually none. They're found in the Bill of Rights, which is just as separate, came years later. In fact, I think it was Connecticut, wasn't it? Or one of the states that wasn't until 1939 that they ratified the Bill of Rights. It came years later. Separate, yet part of it. And without the Bill of Rights, the Constitution doesn't work. Well, it works. It will create all kinds of stuff, but it won't create things with rights. So let me take you back to the first document. Because the first document tells us what we're building. The Constitution tells you how to build it. The Declaration of Independence tells you what we're building. There's seven things in just the opening two paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence that tell you everything you need to know about America. One, the opening line. Could you read the opening line when in the course of human events, uh, Pat? It becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands that have tied themselves to another people. And have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them. Okay, what does that mean? Separate but equal station. They're going to assume, what they're saying is, there comes a time, if we're going to disband ourselves from a, a government, a king, somebody else that's ruling over us, we, it's, it's the only right thing to do is to state Why? 
Why are we doing this? We need to tell the world and we need to really remind ourselves why we're doing this and assume the separate but equal stations. So they're saying we're not better than the king of England, but he's not better than we are. It immediately establishes humility for our nation. We're not better than everyone else. Our Declaration of Independence says the separate but equal station. Nobody's the boss of us, and we're not the boss of you. But there's a more important thing that I haven't addressed in that line, and that is this. The separate but equal station which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. We'll come back to that. Then the next paragraph is, this is why, this is why we're breaking away from the king, okay? Because, listen, we think that things are pretty clear. Let me state it this way. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We think everybody knows this, but nobody has ever said it before, let alone write it down. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and I'm going to use the original word property. Why would I use that? Because pursuit of happiness replaced the word property because they felt if they don't if they put property in there then the left or I'm sorry then the south would say well it's in the declaration of independence we have a right to property and slaves are our property and then we would have had the argument are they property or are they men and that would have slowed everything down so don't give them the tool of saying that they're property so they changed it to something enigmatic, the pursuit of happiness, meaning your right to go and be your own business person and do what you feel and follow your spirit and go paint a cloud. Life, liberty, and property. Here's another important part, that to secure these rights, governments are, inst- are, uh, are instituted among men. The government derives its powers from the consent of the governed and that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to those ends, which ends? Destructive of which ends? It is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Now, let me go back. They have certain unalienable rights, meaning... God gave them these rights, and nobody can change them. Unalienable or inalienable, whichever word you choose to use, is, it means you cannot change them. No one can change them. They are universal. They are, they are the laws of nature and nature's God. What does nature and nature's God mean? Let's use the Second Amendment. That's not a law of God. Where in the Bible does it say you have a right to have guns? You have a right to protect yourself. I guess you could read it 
through that, but it's really clear in the laws of nature. In fact, you could use the laws of God to say, well, maybe you don't because he says thou shalt not murder and you can use a gun to murder. So they want to be very specific. The laws of nature. That's the first one. Can you find that right in nature? Yeah. Nobody is going to say to me, but they'll say it about humans all the time. Nobody's going to say, if I walk into a cave with a bear and I just want to go hug the little baby bear and the bear mom kills me, nowhere, nowhere in the press are they going to say, oh my gosh, we should destroy that bear. That bear is evil. We should declaw all bears. They'll say, that stupid guy went into a cave and the bear, the mama bear, thought he was threatening the children. Of course she tore him apart. That's the Second Amendment. Nature's law gives you the right to self-protect and to protect your family and your home. Back in a second. Much, much more to teach on this. Um, sponsor this half hour uh, is Sherry's Berries. Oh my gosh. They shipped them yesterday. Michelle! Is she here yet? Goldline. We have to, uh, oops, or is it Goldline? Good. It's Goldline. Have her bring the Sherry's Berries Thank in. Thank you. And we'll eat them. <laughs> uh, it's Goldline. Uh, nature's law and nature's, uh, nature's God. Let's just talk about that. When it comes to gold line, nature's law, what goes up must come down. When there are things made that are flaws in them, it will, it will destroy itself. We know that. But somehow or another, we think this economy, we can keep spending and then keep growing the economy to make up for the spending. We think that it will always be like this, even though it's never been like this. In, in, in billions of years of life on earth, it's never been like this. No, it'll always go on. No, it won't. There's going to come hard times, and then there will be good times that follow that. Nature's God and nature's law tells us this. There's trouble coming with our financial system. And if you want to keep living in the dream world, go ahead. Glenn, you've been saying this for a while. I know, I'm wrong on timing. I've told you that forever. But I am not wrong on direction. Call eight. You know, who's, you know who they're actually quoting now? I saw a story, this really good scientist that has said that the United States and the world will come crashing down. The United States will become fascist by 2024. This guy who has an amazing record, I have to tell you about him. Amazing record. Now it's in the mainstream media. They're all like, well, you know, we might be fat. Really? You think? Things might come crashing down. Now you accept that. By the way, he made that prediction in the 1990s. Anyway, Goldline. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Please, please call them. Just get the information. You don't have to do anything today. Just say, send me the information Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 
I, I'm going to probably do the TV show. I have an audience. I might do the TV show on this tonight because there's a lot. Oh, to, they'd love it. Uh, there's a lot right. to teach here, but I, I, I just want to go through it again, which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. That means this is the first part of the Declaration of Independence. We've got to tell you why we're breaking apart and why we're going to take the equal but separate station, the, the equal place to the king but separate from the king, mm-hmm. which nature's law and nature's God entitles. Nowhere in nature's law is, is, is there a dictatorship. There's not a dictatorship. And if there is a dictatorship... The laws of God in the scriptures say that's not good. So there's two things. And the higher law are God's law. Mm -hmm. The laws of nature's God. So first you look for those things that are rights that we know happen in, in nature. And then beyond that, unless it is usurped or made into a higher law, for God's law, because we're not animals. We are, but we're higher than animals. We have intellect. There are another set of rules. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I'm going over the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Three separate documents, but three, all of them. Nobody argues that the Bill of Rights is not a part of the Constitution. Pat, is it a part of the Constitution? No. Um, uh, It's actually separate from the Constitution. (laughs) Yes. Ratified later. Correct. Correct. And ratified in a couple of states in the 1930s. Yeah. So the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, uh, let me ask you this, Stu, how old is America? What's our birth date? What's our birthday? Uh, uh, how old are we? Uh, well, uh, I mean, approximately. Uh, I mean, because you're 1776. So, I mean, I remember. It's 240. I mean, I was born in 76 and I'm 40. So, 240. 240. Okay. If the Declaration of Independence isn't really the start of our country, then shouldn't we be 229? Shouldn't we date it from? 1789. Right. And 1791... And would you date it from when it was written or when it was ratified? Would you date it from, from that date or would you date it from the Bill of Rights? Uh, we don't worry about that because we've always dated now let me ask it from you the this. Declaration. When you build a building, when you build a building, do you, what do you put on the cornerstone? What's the date of the cornerstone? Date you break ground? No. The day it's the day it's dedicated. Mm. So the day it's dedicated. What does that mean? The day it's dedicated. Let me end there. I'm going to come back to that. Remember that. Remind me of that. The the Declaration of Independence tells you six things in the two opening paragraphs that are eternal. It tells you there is a higher law than man's law. There is the law of nature. Does it happen in nature? And if it happens in nature, 
That's good. Then we know that's a natural right. Now, does God come up above that and say, because we're not an animal, we don't have a right to go kill other people for our food? (laughs) Yes, he says, thou shalt not murder. He tells us what to eat. He tells us there's there's another law that usurps what happens in the animal kingdom. And um, those two, those two are your framework for all rights. It says, all men are created equal and have rights. These rights come from the higher law, nature and nature's God. And the rights are not from any man. They're unalienable. So they come from God, which means no one can change them. Because I hate to break it to Al Gore, you can't change nature. Rights are from the creator. Four, the government is only instituted. What's its job? Well, it's got to build roads. It's got... No, it doesn't. Governments are instituted among men to secure these rights. Oh, and... And to make airports nicer. Yeah, no. You want to make them really shiny. Governments. You want to have them all. Their main job, their main job is to preserve the rights that you find in nature and nature's God. Mm. Then the government gets all of its power. It has no rights. It has all of its power from the consent of the governed. So who is the government serving? The people who are giving it power. And it has to listen to the consent of the governed. Well, I contend the Supreme Court isn't doing that. I contend the GOP isn't doing that. The Democrats aren't doing that. Bush didn't do that. Obama's not doing that. That when a government becomes, let me get the exact words, uh, when it becomes destructive to those ends, which ends? To protect your right, which comes from God and nature, then you have the right to abolish or change it. But there's more. Everybody, everybody who's mad at the government right now stops there. We're going to abolish it. We're going to burn it down. Okay. You have a right to do that. But you'll notice there's not a period after that line in the Declaration of Independence. To alter or abolish and, key word, and to institute a new government, laying its foundation and organizing powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to make them happy and secure in those rights. Everybody now is for anarchy. Burn it down. No. You have a right to alter or abolish. But what are you going to replace it with? And you only have the right to alter or abolish if that government will hearken to the higher law, nature's God and nature's laws. And that government is instituted to secure those rights. Not to build more hospitals, more bridges, not to ensure world peace or keep you safe from terrorists. Now, progressives want you to believe that the Declaration of Independence is a worthless document. 
then I contend we are 229 years old and not 240, which everyone in the plan, on the planet will tell you we're 240 years old. Let me give you an example. The Declaration of Independence is the what we believe. What is it we believe? Men got together. When you want to build a house, you generally meet with an architect. And the architect says, what do you want it to be like? Be specific. I want to know, what do you want it to feel like? What do you want it to look like? How do you want to use the rooms? What do you want to see in the windows? Do you, what do you want? And you start generally, we want something cozy. We want something magnificent. We want something to bring the outdoors in. I want to stop seeing the dreary weather. I don't want to see my neighbor. Whatever it is. But generally speaking, an architect wants to hear what you feel. What is the point of each room? What is the point of your house? And what should it say? When you finish that and they finish the document... You engage him to do it, and you sign a contract. Everybody in the room signs the contract. This is what we want. We're going to build that. Then you have to go get a builder, and the builder comes in, and you say, see this? I want to build this. And he says, okay, well, to build that, I'm going to need this amount of money. I'm going to need these things. We're going to have to do this. We might have to change your vision a little bit here or there. All men are created equal. we got some slavery going on here. We might have to change some things, but I understand your intent. Are all people going to be equal? Are you telling me all the kids can use any bedroom at any time? Yes, the baby's room can't be a baby's room the whole time. The baby's going to grow up. So, yes, we said that that's the baby's room, but it has to be a room that a teenager can be into. Okay, just want to make sure, because you said it was the baby's room. Yes, but things will change. Okay, great. And you all sign that document. Now, if you've had a problem with a contractor like everybody has, you might also do a third document that says, oh, by the way, I've been burned by uh, some contractors before, and you will not do these things. I know you're the contractor. But you do not have the right to do these things to my house or my property or my money. Now, you know who didn't sign something like that? The builder of the Guggenheim. The builder of Falling Waters, Frank Lloyd Wright. He didn't care what you wanted. In fact, he, he went so far as one of his houses, the woman said... I collect art, and my art is really important, and I want art on all of the walls. It pissed him off so much that she would dare tell him what to do. He made it impossible for her to hang any art on the wall of her home. Instead, he built a special room with little easels and a stairway to a loft up above where she could walk up the stairs and look down on the easels at her art. That is what you get from working with Frank Lloyd Wright. That's a guy that you would have a third 
Bill of Rights, yeah, you can't do these things. This is the Declaration of Independence. What do we want the House to feel like? The Constitution is how do you build that? And the third one is you can't do these things. The Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights restricts the contractor so you don't end up with Frank Lloyd Wright. If you take away, what do we want it to look like? That's the architect's renderings. And again, that's exactly why the Bill of Rights is a a charter of negative liberties. It tells the the builder what he cannot do to the house. Correct. Because if you tell him the things he can do, anything that's not spelled out, he'll believe is his right. His right to do. And he can go ahead and do it. Right. And so they say, we want to make it clear, it's in the first document, that among these things, but we just want to make that really clear. We know it's These aren't in, the only thing. We know that that's in the, the draft here. We know that the architect has put that in so you can see the pretty picture and it's in the plans. But we want you to know those aren't the only things. They're also these things that you cannot do to the house. And if you don't have the architectural drawings, the builder doesn't know what the hell he's even building. That's the problem. We've, the progressives, the first thing they did was get rid of the uh, Declaration of Independence. It doesn't make any sense. What did Martin Luther King say? What stopped us? It wasn't the Constitution. It was, it's about time this country starts living up to its ideals that all men are created equal. Well, if the Declaration of Independence is worthless, then why should we give a flying crap about that? Because we hold that truth to be self-evident. That's why. Because that's the house that we built. That's the image of who we are. The machinery with the Constitution may have gotten lost because the builder is no longer even using it as a reference point anymore. And in fact, the builder is saying, by the way, I think those warnings that you said that I can't do those things, that third document, I don't even think that third document, I can interpret that. And, and believe me, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got nine other contractors over here, and they've looked at your, your building plans. You can't build a house that way. Oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. You get your power from the consent of me. So I guess your nine little men over there don't count over my vote because I got my family, my 330 million people together, and they outweigh your nine frickin' people, Mr. Contractor. So you're going to leave it there. But we do what most people do when they're building a house. I knew that was wrong. I didn't want to say anything because I thought they knew better. And then you're living in a house you hate. That is the meaning of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Restore that, and you won't have a problem with globalism. Because the house was never designed to be globalist. Follow these three things, and we won't have a problem with poverty. Because it says 
we have the rights and the responsibilities to care for each other, not the government. Follow those things, and we're going to be okay. Now let me tell you about Sherry's Berries. I just asked for Sherry's Berries. Can you put up the pictures for the boys? Look at what they found in an office. Put, put the picture up. We just found in an office going in right there. Who did that? Oh, what? An that? empty box of Sherry's Berries. Why? Why? Wait, those are, oh, wait, all those berries. Uh, what? Everybody eats those berries. When I didn't they come get in. one. I didn't. Did you get one? Uh, well, I. Well, I. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> okay. talk about it. All right. Yeah. I don't want to oh talk. Oh my god. It. It may have been in my garbage can, but I only had one. No wonder you're not pissed about it cuz I only had one. I had, you ate them. So. No, I had one. Us had stuffing one. our face mm-hmm. with Sherry's berries is a holiday tradition. What? Every us stuffing our face with yes. Sherry's berries is a On holiday air, tradition. Like right now. You screwed it up by letting other people eat them. I didn't let other people eat them. I opened it up in my office. And I had one. That's so wrong. Times what? One. One. Times one. What? one. I really just had one. At a time. But there's, so more, there's more than one. one missing from that box. I know. There were lots of people in my office throughout the day yesterday, and now that box happens to be empty. Are you telling me these went to the Samantha B people? I am not saying that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Influence people. I could say that, but I'm not saying that. (laughs) Anyway, Sherry's Berries. You can double the berries now for $10 more. It's $19.99. Trust me. This is no show. We love these. Best Christmas gift ever. Go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone in the right-hand corner. Type in my name, Glenn. Double the berries for $10 more. Berries.com. Do it now. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. I will be my Triple eight seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Have a relaxing, a relaxing thirty seconds before we go to Iraq and yeah, listen to Jason Buttrill, who is just in one of the big tunnels, and ISIS was surrounding them and trying wow. to find you know good stories in Iraq. He's actually found some. This is really going to actually be a really good. Heartwarming stories from Iraq on the ground in Iraq. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. I have... I have a couple of things I can't wait to share this hour. Uh, first of all, the ultimate Christmas trip that I am going to invite the boys to come with me. Uh, and they don't know about it. And it's going to be pretty special. And we'll see how many of them want to come. I only have room for two. But who's going to come with me? 
We uh, will delve into that here in just a second. Also, I found an... We're all going to have to fight Stu for one of those spots. I know know that. Uh, I also found something really infuriating from NPR on fake news. They were all upset about fake news. And they wanted to go find the guy who's done, you know, usatoday.com.co. Well, they found him. And they were very upset until he said, guys, I'm a liberal and... I've been doing this to expose the right. You will not believe this. Yes, you will. But then you'll realize you paid for that story through your tax dollars. Agonizing. Just agonizing. And uh, our head of researcher, uh, head researcher and uh, writer for the uh, program, Jason Batrill, is over looking for people coming together in literally the most dangerous place in the world right now Mosul, Iraq. He is on the ground and we go to him right now The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment This is the Glenn Beck Program We sent uh, Jason uh, over to Iraq, and it's not against his will. He's former uh, military intelligence and can handle himself in situations like this. And it has been a, an eye-opening experience. We've gone over because the special forces have now moved into Mosul, and there's ongoing fighting to get um, ISIS out. He was traveling through ISIS tunnels, which are going to be amazing to see when he brings back the footage. Uh, but Jason is uh, with us now. Uh, and are you back to safety or are you still in uh, harm's way, Jason? I just made it back. They um, they don't allow anyone near the front lines once it starts getting dark over here. And it feels like it gets dark here around 3 p.m. It gets dark here incredibly early. But, um, yeah, we just now made it back and we're all safe and sound. Okay. Um, and uh, tell me your experience yesterday. What did you find? Where did you go? So it's it it kind of a, it was an interesting day. It might have been one of my more interesting days in doing some of these reports. Um, I got a big lesson in, um, uh, I don't know how to put it, Iraqi and Kurdish politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we stepped off to go down to the mobile front early this morning. Um, we had to make our way through multiple different Kurdish checkpoints. Those went fine. Um, we got down to where all of a sudden they do a switch, a handoff, a switchover, and then it becomes um, the country of Iraq. Their um, armed forces, they start controlling checkpoints down to Mosul after a while. So we made our way through multiple different Iraqi ones until we got to the last one. And we're waiting in a long line. We start driving up. There's a Facebook Live a part of this on uh, the Blaze.com right now where I was okay. doing a report. Um, but all of a sudden, we heard multiple airstrikes really close, and mortars were going off um, very close. It was, it was pretty chaotic. And um, they halted all the traffic going in, and all of a sudden, about 30 to 40 ambulances started driving away from Mosul back towards us going towards the hospital. 
And the moment that happened, there was a, there was a whole line of foreign press that were trying to get through, but they halted everybody. And we went to go inquire on what was going on, and they said, well, they're halting all foreign press. They don't want any foreign press uh, going into uh, up, to, up to Mosul at the time. And we were like, why? Um, at first, it was just foreign press. Then it was just no press whatsoever. Well, we did some investigating, and they stopped allowing press in because the Iraqi government, I'd heard they were doing this, is trying to suppress how the actual battle is going. If, if, it's, if it's going badly, they don't let anybody report on it. Today was a very, very bad day for the Iraqi army. They would not give us any casualty numbers. They wouldn't even confirm casualties. But I, like I said, I at least counted 30 to 40 ambulances drive away. It was a very chaotic scene in Mosul today. So you didn't get a chance to find any of the people who are banding together yet? So we didn't get a chance to talk to them. Um, we didn't even get a chance to, to actually go to the, that, the one point that we were supposed to go to. But we did talk to um, the head information minister. He actually came down just to speak to me and uh, my fixer. And uh, he came down to talk to us. The rest of the press were pretty angry that he came down to talk to us. But um, we, t- we spoke to him for a while. We told him what we wanted to do. And he was actually very intrigued. So he's going to make an exception for us on Sunday. He's going to actually pick us up in some armored vehicles, and he's going to pick us up only. Um, you can only be able to see this on Glenbike.com and the Blaze. No other press is being allowed into Mosul, so we'll be the only foreign press that will actually get into Mosul on Sunday. Um, so that was good news. Um, we turned around, and we wanted to follow along still within the, uh, the Peshmerga-controlled zones. And uh, we were going to go towards these tunnels that we were, had talked about um, the other day. And uh, we started going off in that, in that direction. And again, we got closed down again because ISIS started pushing from another direction. And again, uh, two Cobra gunships, uh, U.S. Cobra gunships moved in and started firing about 500 meters away from us. It dropped some more um, JDAMs that looked like big, large uh, uh, bombs dropped from like F-18s. And uh, they halted us again. Um, we actually had to take shelter and went into a Peshmerga um, uh, fort, and we waited there with them. They were awesome. They fed us, and we kind of hunkered down for a little bit. I told them that I wanted to see those tunnels, and they actually took us to those tunnels. Not only that, but they showed us um, they had just about two weeks ago took this area back from ISIS, and it was a bomb factory, and it was a tunnel-building uh, fabrication plant. This was amazing, Glenn. I've never seen anything like this. I got pictures of this and video of this. They crafted these, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like, um, looks like it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wheel axle hooked onto a V8 engine, and on the front of it, there's the, there's the wheel of the, of, of, the, uh, of the car, but then they, they welded on teeth, like iron teeth, onto the end of this thing. They would fire that up, and that's how it drills into the lock and the ground. And that's how they made these huge tunnels. I've never seen anything like this. Unbelievable. It's unreal. The access to these, you drive into a garage. You go into a garage. Inside the garage, they would shut the door. And they drilled down through the floor, through the foundation. And that's where they continue on down into the ground. It it goes down. It it goes down at at an angle for at least, I would say, 50 feet. It's way below the ground. And then it continues on towards wherever they need to go. Anybody this, have this any idea Anybody have any idea if all of the tunnels are even known? Do they think that they've found no. most of them, all of them, some of them? No, they don't know and they haven't cleared through all these tunnels. There was a couple tunnels where they let us walk down a certain ways, but they said we can't go any further and I was like you haven't cleared these? 
And they said, no, we couldn't clear them. It wasn't, it wasn't safe enough. We don't even know who, how many people are going to be on the other end. So what they did was is they took a ton of tires. Um, this was about two weeks ago. They took a bunch of tires, and they burned the tires to smoke them out and push them the other direction. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only reassurance we had that ISIS wasn't basically right there when wow. we walked down. I mean, finally, they're, they're still finally, finally an actual report of smoking them out. We've been hearing that since 9-11. This is the first time I've actually seen we're smoking them out. Um, Jason, I can't can't wait to see what you're bringing home. And we're doing a special on The Blaze, are we not? When you come back? Yes, we are. Okay, good. So you'll be able to see all of this. And um, please do everything you can on Sunday. And thank the the, um, information minister for for letting us do this. But um, please do everything you can to find those those. Sunnis, Shias, Christians, and Yazidis that are coming together and working side by side voluntarily to stop ISIS. It's, pr- it's a really remarkable story for coming together. Thank you so much. That's my- you bet. Appreciate you it. You bet. Bye-bye. Uh, please keep him in your prayers, if you will. Okay. I have an invitation for the Christmassy Christmas event of all of Christmas. It is the most Christmassy time of the year. Wow. I think I know uh, where this is headed. <laughs> you do. And it doesn't seem real Christmassy. <laughs> it does seem real Christmassy. On its face. Okay, so you know, uh, okay, so you know here's, this earlier. here's the deal. Here's A very special Haitian Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go to Haiti with me next weekend? Oh, man. I come on. Just, oh, come on. I mean, here's why. Here's yeah. why. Uh-huh. You know, we have saved, um, our listeners have saved 400 children from the sex slave trade. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Haiti was uh, a big uh, bust. I don't know how many kids, maybe 30 kids or something like that. And that's ongoing with the Haitians. It's really bad. Slavery is really bad in Haiti. Um, and it's very Do dangerous. Do you think that's really good in Haiti? I can't. Uh, oh, there's that. There's uh, that. Uh, other than the yeah. people, some of the people seem to be really, really and good. It's warm there, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's more than normal. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, okay. So um, <laughs> we, saved, we saved these kids. We've put them in a safe place, and I, I think it has been a, a, almost a year that they have been getting counseling and retraining and trying to help them back on their feet. And so we wanted to go and bring them Christmas presents. And, oh, that's really cool. And, and try, I mean, they got nothing. They have nothing. So this isn't a, we're going to go in and go take down the drug lords. or the. This is not that. I'm definitely in. You want to come? Oh, yeah. I cannot believe it. I have one more seat. I have one more seat. I have one more seat. The problem is now there's no possibility on the show because I don't want to go and and Jeffy would take two seats. It's funny. It's really well. You can take funny. both. You can take mine and yours. <laughs> I could back. As out. long as and the plane in. doesn't have weight limits, we'd yeah. love to have you. We'll just keep you on one side. We'll put everybody else on the other. Oh no! As long as uh, uh, no, I'm not going to engage in those because that's just ridiculous. It is the size of the runway that matters. <laughs> we have a long enough runway, then we can get. So get when it. does this take place? Uh, <laughs> next week. I don't know exactly. I think maybe Thursday night or Friday morning, right after the show. 
And coming uh, back and when? And coming back Saturday because we have the Christmas party we have to go to. So we'll be coming from Haiti to the Christmas and a party. Christmas party in Haiti mm-hmm. to our Christmas party is going to be starkly different. I'd say, yeah. Going? Yeah, I'm in. Going, Pat's in, Pat jumped right on it. Look at you weasels. Why do you not want to go? I, I this will be, though. yeah, I know. What, this, there's no way Jeffy's allowed in the country of Haiti after all of that's happened. There's no way that they <laughs> There's would. nothing left to loot. No, I'm just saying his history. I mean, there's no drugs way. and everything. I mean, I, all right. So listen, seriously, why do you not want to go? This will, this will be, I think this is a game-changing experience. And by the way, I've, I've already invited one other person because I knew you two weasels. No, so it wasn't even out. a real invitation. No, it is. He has not accepted yet. So we're your second choice? Right. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, uh, the we don't get Sherry's berries. I really second didn't expect, choice I didn't the expect trip. any of you. I knew if there was a chance it would be Pat, but I didn't even think Pat would go. But I knew if there was a chance of anyone, it would yeah. be him. Have a, I traveled half the globe with you. What? What, that, what, what was know? this? You went to South Africa. <laughs> not Haiti. Not Haiti. Yeah, you it's went to not South Haiti. Africa, though, right? My yeah. wife just looked at me. I came home and I said, honey, I, w- I want to go to Haiti and I, I want to take Rafe because uh, I think it would be a life-changing. And she said, Rafe is not going to Haiti. <laughs> and I said, honey, it would be an eye-opening experience. It would be really good. And we're going to be doing some really good stuff. It would be good. She said... He is not, you can keep talking all night long. He is not going to Haiti. She said, you think you're the one telling me this? I've already talked to three people in your organization all about this Haiti trip. She had security, Michelle, that little weasel. Uh, Everybody is just telling, uh, telling. They're called before even I know, she knows. So I go home and I have this whole spin and she's like, I've already been briefed by security. No, it's far too dangerous to go. And I'm like, wait a minute. You didn't even say, you did, there wasn't even a speed bump on the road of me going. No, she doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you can go. You want to go. He ain't going. Wow. <laughs> well, this is so why is it so dangerous? I didn't factor in prior oh, so to my... Now. You need to take the bull by the horns in that house. So now... So now no, we're gonna... Did you say next week? <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. If you oh, back out, man. if you back out. You need to take the bull by the horns in your household. I'm oh, I told you. her. I said, okay. he's going. Okay. And she said, no, he's not. And I said, oh, yes, he is. Thank you. Right. And I had three places on the plane. And, and I've invited now three people, and he's not one of them anymore. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and uh, now our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Do you remember the Christmas, and I hope it's not happening to you now. You remember the Christmas where you could just barely make ends meet and you couldn't afford Christmas. The base, You couldn't even afford a Christmas tree. I remember those days. Um, and, and I, if you're going through that right now, I, please hear me. You are not a bad parent. You are not a loser. You are not a bad dad or a bad mom. Please, please know that. I went through that and I felt the worst and I felt trapped and there was no way out. 
Well, I want to give you a way out. It's American financing. If you own your own home and you're not in debt, you can refinance right now. Uh, You can buy a new home with their mortgages. These are people who are um, salary-based. They are not, um, um, they're not counting commissions, so they're not going to try to force you into a mortgage. And the mortgage rates are so low that your monthly payment could be as much as $500 to $1,000 less every single month. Now, that's if you want to buy a new home or you want to refinance your home and you're not in debt. You can save all that money. If you are in debt and you can't make ends meet, if you refinance and you can save between $500 to $1,000 a month, you can pay down those debts. You can have that breathing space again. Please call AmericanFinancing.net. I've known these people and have been talking to them since 2007, and they didn't become clients of mine until after 2008 because they didn't have a problem because they weren't jamming people into mortgages they couldn't afford. There's no games here. I want you to call AmericanFinancing.net, 866-750-6551, 866-750-6551, AmericanFinancing.net. We the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. She takes a lot of photos for the. She does. I mean, she I takes photos and she does all kinds of stuff. I just want to make sure. Just got through he saying, doesn't want to go dangerous. because it's so dangerous. I never said that. But all of a sudden, I, I never said that I didn't, wouldn't didn't want to go because it was too dangerous. Right. You happened to say that. Right. It was and you, all of a sudden, he's like, talk danger, and he's like, my wife should go. <laughs> wow. I mean, there might be something there to photograph. Wow. Something <laughs> well, that sure we need to are. document. Uh, you know, I'm bringing a plane load of people with cameras. Oh. So, so it'd be kind of safe, really, is what mm. you're saying. <laughs> what? Right? Yes, and now all of a sudden you're not that interested? <laughs> okay, so um, so I invited Mike Broomhead to come because I figured he would say yes. So if he can get the time, I, I don't know. I'm assuming he was, I'm assuming he's not like used to. Uh, I can't even say this about Jeffy because Jeffy does go to I Jeffy. Do go, was, and I, I'd be, I would love to go to Haiti, but I... I Jeffy's been in more third world, you know, countries. And, oh, I know. And, I know. My passport isn't back right now. Right. Yeah. It's not back, back from, from what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You sent it out to the laundry? Or? <laughs> Trump wants to start with illegal immigration. There's right. a place I can point him to. Right. Uh, where there's a lot yeah. of shady stuff going on with documents. Uh, over in- Jeffy, you just don't know the underworld. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a big negatory for you too, Stu, huh? Uh, uh, now, what are we talking about? What was the We're going to Haiti of conversation? Deliver Christmas presents next week. Hey, oh, does the does does Haiti have mail? Did they have? Is that something that they would have? Oh my um, God! Uh, such right? A, they don't. No. Okay. 
well, FedEx. I mean, they'll, they'll get you. They'll get your package wherever you need it. Oh, I'd like to stuff you with your FedEx package. The Glenn Beck Program. What are you asking him he's not to do? He's going to sing again. <laughs> don't do it. Wait, what's he saying, Pat? Because he's I trying to describe you yeah. doing something know, specific, and I don't know what he's talking about. All right. Mocking the way in which that song is sung? I don't is even that know that how you'd mock that. How would you mock something like that? Uh, I can only imagine that someone might. Go tell it on the mountain. But that wouldn't be mocking. That'd be a tribute. No, that'd be a tribute. That'd be a tribute. Be, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> All right. Shut up. Man. Shut up. Did you hear that? Does you know that what? put you, you know what? I hope heaven. Merry Christmas. I hope Haley Jackson. Says, Merry I Christmas hope when more, you get go to tell it on the mountain. When yeah. you get to heaven, <laughs> that your your little condo is right next in between <laughs> Mahalia Jackson and Ray Charles. And if you go to the other place, mm-hmm. I hope that's all they have on the radio. <laughs> oh, my God. That would gosh. be hell. Oh, man. That is, so anyway, that is what hell. he's predicting. Yeah, anyway. So um, well, you, really you guys haven't asked me about... Though, you guys, the, uh, Mahalia Jackson Christmas. <laughs> wow. You guys have not <laughs> asked wow. me a thing about Samantha Bee. Uh, yeah, she was on the show yesterday. Uh, we were, yeah, I was oh. with her all day. She was here all day. You guys were peeking in the windows. Oh, and- I, I, I was hiding in my office. I didn't peek out at all. We were actually doing a shoot yesterday, but, uh, the, the, you know, you have to, I think you have to know a little something about the person in order to be that curious about her. I don't know very much about her, but. She's on The Daily Show, right? Yeah. Uh, She's on The Daily Show. She was the main reporter on The Daily Show with Stephen Colbert, but with, with John Stewart. But Stephen Colbert, at the time that he was also a reporter, we do know she's she's really liberal. She's from she's Canada. Yeah, she's from Canada. But and, I'll tell you, her, but how'd it go? Was the interview? It was okay. So you remember yesterday's on yesterday's episode here, we didn't really say anything. I was more willing to say things because she was in my space, mm-hmm. and so I was willing to ask her questions, and she was like. Not, you know, that, yeah, okay. Because she just didn't know if there was going to be a setup or, you know, yeah. she didn't know what she was walking into. Sure. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's so how we, she should be walking into those moments. She's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then when the show was over, I walked to the edge of the stage and her, I think her showrunner or yeah. her line producer yeah, came up to me and said, I want you to know, I think I hate Woodrow Wilson more than you do. And I said, What? No, you don't. Get That's off the stage. Yeah, and I said, That's impossible in the first place, but you hate Woodrow Wilson. She said, Oh my gosh, he was the most evil SOB ever. And I said, I can't believe you're with the show? Did she only hate him because of his no. racism? No, or- no, no, all of it. Really? All of it. She knew all of it. Is she conservative? No. 
Well, I don't think so. I didn't, I didn't talk politics yesterday. We did talk uh, Woodrow Wilson. So then uh, she says, hey, I'm not alone. Come here. Another guy comes up. And uh, he says, oh, it's so great to meet you. He said, I am in your club with Woodrow Wilson. And I thought at first, this is a, this is a setup. Nobody, I mean, I said to him, I can't get conservatives to hate Woodrow Wilson. How, how do you guys just higgledy-piggledy stumble in <laughs> and you hate Woodrow Wilson? And, and they said, oh, no, worst guy ever. It turns out her showrunner is, uh, uh, was an American historian in, in school. And she, up and down, back and forth, she knows American history. So we hit it off really well. In the interview with Samantha B, she hates Woodrow Wilson. Now, I, don't, I didn't go depth because we were on in the interview, so I don't go, didn't go in depth, but uh, she hates him because he was a real racist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she knows any more about him. Um, but anyway, so I went and I was starting to do her show, and we got about 20 minutes into it. And... Um, I just stopped and I said, this isn't going well. And she said, why? And I said, because you have show face on. I said, we're talking beforehand. And the minute the cameras were rolling, because she was facing all the camera people and all of the producers. And the minute the cameras were rolling, I could tell when they were rolling because your face changed. She said, I don't have show face. And I said, you absolutely have show face. (laughs) I'm not stupid. I do television. I know what show face is. And I said, and she said, well, what the hell does that mean? And I said, it's her show. It's your show, and I know your style, and you are like, so, well, so what does that mean exactly? I know exactly what you're doing. You are editing, and so you have the funny line, and I'm the butt of the joke. And this isn't what we agreed to, and it's right. not what I, it's, it's not, this is not helpful to me, because what you're going to do is you're going to, A, piss off the audience of mine that like me and then they'll be mad at your audience because they're laughing at me and so there's more division Mm -hmm. and on top of it you will also have my audience say what the hell we could have told you that was happening dummy yeah why are you even talking to her her audience hates you anyway right and i said that to her i said your audience already hates me why don't you do something new Mm -hmm. and so she said i really thought this was going well and i said well i didn't she said, well, where, so where do we go? And so we just had a conversation, and it lasted, from that point, about an hour. We were, I was four hours behind schedule yesterday because of, because of the time we had together. And it, it changed when I asked her, why are you an American? Because she's Canadian. And she, this is the first election she could vote in. And um, I said, why are you American? Why did you choose America? What's wrong with Canada? It's like the 51st state. And she said, I love my, I love my country of Canada. Well, she, she also, because you kind of mentioned this story earlier, didn't she also say, I, I didn't necessarily want to say this? So I just, no, I just want to classify, no, no, no. Thank you. as you're about to say Thank it you. on the air. Now I can't say anything because I was going to leave out the things that she didn't, she didn't want aired. But it was nothing bad. It, it just... <clears throat> I was going to leave some of that out, but now I can't say any of it because now it's now I'm in an awkward situation. Now what? I'm I? trying to save you from uh, another. I know, I know. Situation that you've been no, in many, know, many times. I know. She I mean, you could say that she knew who I sent was. this to her last night in my Facebook post mm-hmm. about her love for the country, what she, how she loves America, and this is nothing about her country. She loves Canada. This is well, it's a, the curling capital. She says, "Shut the, up." She world. said. <laughs> She said, there's something about the American spirit 
that you don't find anywhere else. And yeah, I we said, said that from like Daniel Hannon, who yes. loves loves Great England, Britain, loves England. Everybody, but, yeah. it's not a slam too. on their country. Right. Of course, right. of course. Well, so, Clearly, we like Canada. We have one of their sports celebrities on the broadcast. Thank you, Jeffy. Yes, yeah, right. So she said, um, Americans, there's this this flame about America that you um, you help each other and. Um, it's just, it's different. She said, America is, or she said, Canada, I could have lived there my whole life and been happy, and it's great. But there's something, an X factor in America. And when she's talking about that, I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Now, we didn't get to this part in our conversation, but hopefully we will. That's called a lack of socialism. (laughs) That is called personal responsibility. Right. That X factor is created, and again, don't tell her. Let me break it to her slowly. That X factor is the personal responsibility of people saying, I've got to do something. When the government doesn't do everything, yes. the responsibility falls to us. Now, I assume right? we did not talk it's about our responsibility politics. responsibility to begin with. I assume she likes all the big government socialism stuff of Canada. I'm Probably. assuming she likes all of that. But what she said about America, I said to her, I said, you realize you're describing de Tocqueville. She's, I said, what makes America great? What is it that makes America great? Assuming she knew the phrase, well, America's good. She didn't. She's Canadian. She didn't know. She didn't know who de Tocqueville was. And I said, why is America great? Because she said, how do we fix this problem? And I said, it's really simple. What made America great? And she said, I, 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 I have to say it's that the people here are really kind and uh, no matter where you go and no matter what they believe, they, they want to help each other and they, they hold on to each other and nobody sits back. They see somebody in need and they go. And I said, in other words, America is great because America is good? Yeah. Yes, Samantha B. And I told her I broke it to her and I said, I hate to break it to you but you're sounding like me. (laughs) And she said, oh, no, don't say that to me. And I said, let me ask you a few questions. You know how to fix it, make America good. Yes, that's me. Are you suddenly afraid that maybe the president of the United States could become a dictator? Yes. Hmm, that sounded like me. Are you (laughs) suddenly worried that maybe a president could do something that would affect the economy and we could have a huge global economic crash? Yes. Oh, that sounds like me. It's amazing how liberals suddenly have found these things but want to stake out, well, you thought them about Barack Obama. Yeah, I did. And now you think about you think about them about Donald Trump. And by the way, they were true about Barack Obama. It's not like he's been exonerated from all the things we worried about. He was he was as bad as we feared. I mean, he did. No, he's not as bad as I feared. Yeah, well, I mean, on, we survived as, him, and, and yeah. uh, uh, we really didn't. Right. And we didn't we believe would. that there would actually be prison camps, but some people believe. However, 
he fundamentally did transform the United States. Oh, yeah, States he did. America in oh, yeah. a bad way. In our opinion, in a very bad way. In their opinion, in a very good way. And that's why they're so freaked out about Donald Trump, because they think he'll reverse all of that and transform it just as much in the other direction. And before we get all, uh, go too far on all this talk about survival, the guy's still in office. Yes, I know. I know. remember that. I know. Well, I've heard... I've, I've read at usatoday.com.co.ca.au. There will be no inauguration. There will be no inauguration, what? yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I believe it immediately. Yes. He's going to declare martial law before, uh, before January 1st. Um, anyway, so. Uh, I've already checked that through Snopes, by the way, and the, the FBI confirmed it. <laughs> so Snopes.com.ca.eu. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so we had a really good time um, uh, not talking about politics, but finding things that we agree on that were big principles, like we went through the Bill of Rights. She didn't, I didn't specifically call out the Second Amendment, but I said, do you agree with the Bill of Rights? She said, yes. And I gave her, I said, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the Second Amendment. I'm going to give you the Second Amendment that maybe you don't agree on that one and we can argue about that one. How about the other nine? They're all good, right? Let's unite on that. I was, I was actually for the Patriot Act, and then I woke up and I'm like, good Lord, how stupid was I during the Bush administration and then was against it. And I was against it with George Bush and against it under Barack Obama. The left was only against it under George Bush. Barack Obama expanded it. And this president, and it would have been any president, I think, unless they were a strong constitutionalist, are, they're going to expand it again. Why don't we stand on that one? She couldn't, she, I think she came in with a whole different attitude and left with a different one. And I, I have great hope that we will maybe never agree on policies or vote the same way, but we can demonstrate that America can be good doing it together with people who strongly disagree with each other. I like, I like her. That's, that's cool. And she's on, that's the 19th that airs. Uh, uh, December 19th. Um, and then tonight is Nightline, yes. correct? Um, and how do you think that one's going to go? I have no idea. I really liked Byron. He's the co-anchor of uh, uh, Nightline. I really liked them. Uh, I don't Ted, know. Ted Koppel has a co-anchor now? I don't think Ted's been there for a while. I, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. But thank you, Father yeah. Time, for dropping, <laughs> uh, dropping in. Richard Nixon's no longer I mean, the president. Why do you not think Nightline? Nightline without thinking, thinking Ted, Ted Koppel? Ted Koppel. No, I can. Yeah, I can. Anyway, so that is tonight at 11.30 after Jimmy Kimmel. Um, they're doing um, a segment or so on me um, tonight and who conservatives are. I don't know how it's going to be edited. It'll be probably nine minutes. After 13 hours of spoken word, gee, mm. what are they going to choose? Hopefully the good thing. You'd be Hopefully optimistic the good on these things. Yes, I am optimistic on both of them. Um, and now this. Very few companies uh, changed an entire industry, but Simply Save Home Security did. They took an antiquated, expensive industry and turned it upside down. They created a system that is wireless, no long-term contracts, and monitoring is just $15 a month. And right now, for a limited time... You get $200 off Simply Safe's Defender package. 
This system has everything you need to protect your home and your family. 17 security sensors, a panic button, a blaring siren to scare off would-be intruders, a wireless connection to authorities that will dispatch police the minute something happens, 24-7 monitoring for only $15 a month, and no long-term contract. Make sure your family is safe around the clock and get $200 off at simplysafebeck.com. Offer ends soon. It's simplysafebeck.com. Now $200 off your Defender Security Package. What was it, $350 with that rebate? Uh, $399. $399. It's unbelievable to make your your house safe. $399. Simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. This is unbelievable. You know what? I don't have a problem with this if this is what the city of Portland, Oregon wants to do. If the city of Portland, Oregon wants to do this, there's no constitutional law they're violating. They can do whatever they want. It's still wrong, but it's... It's absolutely wrong. better than doing this on a federal level. Yeah. Okay, so here's what the city wants to do. Liberals in the city of Portland, Oregon, have just put their foot down against income inequality. They're called oracrats. The oracrats are not going after the CEOs, but rather the corporations that have CEO salaries that the oracrats deem excessive. They will then impose a tax penalty on the corporations as much as 25%. Moving to address income inequality at a local level, the City Council of Portland voted Wednesday to impose a surtax on company whose chief executives earn more than 100 times than the median pay of their rank and file. I'd be out of there so fast. But even if I didn't have out, even if I was equal to everyone else, I would move my company. You start doing that, what's next? The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.